This one, uh, I feel is the heaviest one on the album. This one's called Devil Horns, welcome to episode 13 of Devil Horns, one of the, not one of the, the premier metal podcast um, about everything you love and, and want to know and talk about with metal. Now with me, oh, by, I'm, I'm Mike Zombie, by the way. Corey, Midnight Corey, the host you know and love, is here. We're just fucking with you a little bit. So, uh, with me tonight, we're going to discuss concerts. Maybe the first concert we saw, the best concert we saw, and I might even sneak in the worst concert I saw, and one that I saw that I thought was should have been great, but I almost left. And and the fellows with me, of course, are going to have some great stories too. With me is our host, Midnight Corey. Corey, how you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Thank you for opening things up for us tonight, and uh, got to do this more often because I feel like a broken record every show. Same thing. Oh, uh, so. And you did it awesome, so thank you. And for, for the people playing the home game, I did it twice. This is the second one. You probably won't hear the first one. <laughs> well, maybe so you I, will. I announced maybe it will. was episode four, and who knows what happened. Well. Uh, and also with us is our esteemed colleague, New Jersey Nick. How are you, sir? Hi, I'm Nick. I like to think of myself as the Bobby the Brain Heaton of our uh, broadcasting situation here. <laughs> I'm glad we fishtailed it back to wrestling uh you're welcome in the works folks but i'm not gonna i don't want to let the cat out of the bag um so i'll save my honky talk man joke (laughs) who wants to kick this off i kind of gave away what it's going to be about and uh i I think all of us are going to have at least a good three or four we could talk about Mm. Uh, i think we're gonna have some feedback this episode i'm just taking over i'm sorry Corey. please take the reins what am i doing no go, dude go. this is this is your thing go. i don't care man i mean we we uh got together and decided it would be a great idea to talk about sort of what your first show was and then what you would consider to be the best show that you've ever seen and uh this was fantastic i was racking my brain i was actually uh you know going through i don't know if you guys are as sort of nostalgic and, and nerdy about things as I am, but I try to save like concert ticket stubs <laughs> and oh, yeah. I have them in this big box and I've been keeping them since about 1992, uh, which is ridiculous. And I haven't been perfect. I haven't kept them all because you know, you lose things going to concerts and things happen, whatever they go through the wash or you're just mm-hmm. all messed up at a show and you, your, your ticket's gone, but whatever. Um, and this was, this was great for me to, to, Go back and and think about, um, and of course, you know it w- it was a great idea. Like, yeah, I'll pick one show that was my first show. That's really easy, and I'll pick one show that it's that I would consider the best. And that was the kicker right there. That was the <laughs> one man. And I, I'm like, well, well, wow. I mean, we could we could sort of think of of concerts. Um, you know, what was your best sort of stadium show? Or what was your best club show? Because oh, they're wow. very, very different. Yeah, they're very different mm-hmm. atmospheres and uh, mm-hmm. feels and everything, your connection with the band. And uh, so I think that, yeah, there's a there's a lot of complexity that can go into uh, these these decisions that we're making. And uh, I know you, you know, especially you, Mike, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the worst show and everything. I think we, there's a lot we can talk about tonight. 
Um, but uh, before we get to all the craziness, I think, uh, you know, one thing that is really easy to talk about is what was our first show. And I don't think we talked about uh, specifics on this. Are we talking about our first live show that we ever attended or our first like metal show? Well, I guess it's up to you because mine is going to be um, a bit. Um, well, I, it's going to be a bit revisionist coming from me because my first concert I ever went to was actually a misfire of sorts. Hmm. Um, and, and the technically the second concert, I consider that one my first because that was the first one that rocked my fucking world. Yeah. Well, I think so, maybe uh, we should uh, talk about both. I mean, what was your first actual live show you ever went to? Um, you know, actually paid for a ticket and. You know, and or, first metal show. And then maybe first metal show. Yeah, because I would. OK, <laughs> I think that says a lot about us as people and uh where we came from sure. so uh nick mm-hmm. you know because you were the last one i heard what uh what was uh your first concert you ever went right. to bought a ticket the misfire were... the yes. misfire was first and that was um in 1997 i went to a tiny club in randolph new jersey that's not even there anymore it was called obsessions and we went to go see seven dust um, before they were famous, like when they were only being played on um, oh, college wow. radio. Yeah. The problem was that this was such a shitty club that they didn't even get the sound checks and everything sorted out until about 9 o'clock at night when they finally opened the doors when it was supposed to open at like 6. So we waited outside in the November cold for hours and hours to, just to get in. We saw the two opening bands and then the one kid who I went with, I mean we were all like 15 at the time, the one kid out of the three of us had a curfew and we had to like leave at like 11. So we got to see two hours of rocking and not seven dust and then leave. Wow. So that was that was the misfire, dude. It was still all right at the time. It was awesome because it was like you're going out with friends and you're 15 and it's a school night. And oh, no, you know, (laughs) they actually came to a town, the town next town over from where I lived. And then that was it. So misfire much, much like losing your virginity in real life. It's just not (laughs) as cool as it one day will be. Yeah, except, except my dad didn't walk into my first concert experience and yell out, what the fuck is going on in here? I'm like, if you don't know what's going on, I'm doing this wrong. And she ran out. That's a whole other story. Wow. That was dark. Oh, oh it, it's a dark memory. Yeah, it was fucked up. Mike, what was the first show that you saw, man? Uh, well, in, in, in the spirit of being honest, I'm pretty sure the first live show I ever saw, because my parents were into a lot of weird stuff. I mean, into a lot of... Uh, like when CB culture was really big and, you know, like uh, stuff like that, I used to have like CB radio jamborees. I'm pretty sure my parents took me to a CB jamboree and I think the Oak Ridge Boys or something was playing when I was like, ah, seven. I have no idea. Wow. Uh, but I mean, and I have a very, it's a very, I, I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure that was the deal. But the first concert I ever paid to go see um was the same deal i was like a teenager and i i my parents did know but did not approve of the crazy driving friend that got me there but i did see um at the shoreline amphitheater i'm I'm trying to read the ticket here it's faded because i kept all my tickets and in numeric order uh chronologically it's perfect the ones i kept uh metallica on the Injustice for All tour with Faith No More opening up. And it was wow. Friday, September 15th, 1989. So, man. Great show. That's and awesome. For a first show, I was just, it was amazing. Way better than the Oak Ridge Boys. Sorry, Oak Ridge Boys. Just saying. Elvira. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a uh... pop. Wow, wow, hell yeah! Wow, wow, Those are the dude. Days. <laughs> well, that's uh, much cooler than mine because uh, the first show I actually went to, my dad uh, drove me and a whole lot of my uh, high school friends down uh, to Pittsburgh, and I, I can't remember the venue again. But uh, have you guys ever heard of the band? They might be giants. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Saw so they might be giants. Nineteen ninety-two. We were all fifteen. It was the Apollo 18 tour. Uh, me and my friends were so into They Might Be Giants, uh, mainly because they were a very safe band, and they were kind of quirky and weird and and uh, very alternative. Um, so, you know, we were, we were just really into that. And when they heard they were coming to Pittsburgh and tickets were cheap, my dad was willing to drive the minivan down there and everything. It was uh, very cool. So my, my first real, real show was uh, They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Which is nowhere near metal whatsoever, but uh, still a band. I, I just have to admit that they might be giants. I still really love that band, um, so that has uh, no place on this show. But uh, that's where I was, and I do remember it was a big deal because um, the seating uh, was basically folding chairs. It was like this amphitheater, and I, I think it was like Carnegie Mellon or maybe the Point or something down there in Pittsburgh. But uh, a lot of folding chairs, just sort of, and, and and everybody was standing up and dancing and and things like that, and so we're all fifteen and all you know, kind of sitting back in the you know middle of the middle of the place and enjoying things, and there's this older guy ahead of us, and he was dancing around so much, and he had a he had a, a, a cup of beer that he put down on his seat, and then proceeded to dance around, and he danced so much that he danced into the chair that had his beer on it. And the beer spilled back onto us. And so we all had sort of beer, uh, you know, foam or, you know, th this whole beer thing <laughs> sort of around us and on us. You know, I think I had a couple flecks of, of beer, you know, on, onto my legs and a couple of my friends as well. So we're like, oh, my God, we just came out of a concert and we're smelling like beer. We're pretty badass right now. I mean, this is <laughs> wow. You know, so that that was kind of cool when you're 15. You know, let's see, smelling like beer coming out of a concert. Yeah, it's they might be giants, and yeah, the beer thing was accidental, but uh, you know, that was that was really awesome. So, and you, and you know, when you're 15, the beer thing is like what you tell all your friends, and then this dude dumped his beer on us, dude. Oh it was yeah, crazy. yeah, we totally, yeah, we totally embellished it, man. It was it was so much cooler than what I said now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, I think one of us actually, you know, had a fake ID. We actually had a beer. We were all drinking beer at some point, and one of us, you know, dude, we were so fell down. Up the show oh. was great. Oh, dude, my man Steve over here was so messed up, he spilled his beer all over me, man. I didn't know what was going on. You know, this is in, like, Woodshop the next day, you know. <laughs> oh, that was That's... great. That was great, but uh, you know what? That's uh, fucking metal, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> it kind of is, I guess. I can't tell you how many stories guys have told me of, of of this fucking devastation that they felt in the pit, and man, it was the craziest shit. Yeah, I got a little scrape on my arm. Yeah, but it was great. Stop. Yeah, that's the that's the metal embellishment. That's great. Yes, guys I do know. that today at fucking shows. That's we, amazing. We should, have a, we should have an episode of just all the um the uh, stories of what we've had happen and how it was only a tiny scratch in the end. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. I don't think we can podcast long enough for <laughs> everything I have to say, but um I don't know. As far as metal show, what was your first metal show, Nick? 
about a year after the seven dust thing when i was i guess 16 maybe 17 um me and a friend of mine we went to the family values tour in 1998 Mm. and um this show uh the five bands playing there there were four that i was not that into uh but i was into somewhat and so to to, to varying degrees but i try to name these bands yes can you name all five start at the bottom start at the bottom start at the bottom Oh my yeah, God. Who's, the, who's the least to most interesting? Go. Um, Ice Cube. Yes, I saw Ice Cube with my eyes. All right, Ice Cube, uh, uh, Rammstein. Okay, Rammstein was the top, Corey. What oh, the I'm sorry. Ruining the story. I'm sorry you got this whole hierarchy thing here, and I'm, I'm, it's messing with me because I can totally name... Uh, Oh man, okay. There's Ice Cube, can we can we family Rammstein, feud this? There and was, I guess the ones he doesn't. There was Limp Biscuit. <laughs> there was Corn, and um, I can't do this in any particular order. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, there's one more band. Uh, one more band, and that let was. Guess, let me guess. Let me guess. Oh my god. I think I know. Because I saw it in a video. I saw it in a Rammstein video. <sighs> okay, what do you got? Damn it! What is it? Was it Orgy? Yes. Oh, it yes. yes, it was Orgy. Ah. Uh-huh. So, I only orgy, know that because I orgy saw it was, in a Ramstein home video. That's or, all orgy was just above Ice Cube. Or no, no, actually, I couldn't do that. I, I'd have so to he's put had Orgy. A, he's at the had bottom. a much longer career than they have. Yeah, that, yeah, that's no kidding. the truth. Yeah. Um, yes, he was able to parlay it into other things, whereas they parlayed it into a Kickstarter of some sort. <laughs> so, oh god, hey, that's awesome. They got seven. They got seventy-four dollars to record that next coming album. That's pretty yeah. good. It's more than we have for our podcast. So really, Go to fucking Domino's and get some pizza with that money. <laughs> Shit. So uh, we got Orgy, Ice Cube, Orgy, who I like. They had their hit single at the time, Blue Monday. So okay, that was kind of neat. No, they Ice had Cube. someone else's hit single. That's the problem uh, with Orgy. That is true. Uh, you, know, yeah. you make a good point. <laughs> good it was call. somebody else's single. Uh, Ice Cube, who I did not want to see what so fucking ever because uh, I, I don't care about rap at all so then you got limp biscuit who remember i don't care about rap at all but they were kind of still interesting at that point because it wasn't like rap rock wasn't really a thing yet so it was like they were like the sideshow sort of and then you had corn who i actually genuinely liked at the time as we covered in a previous episode go look it up and obviously okay let me explain to you how i fell in love with rammstein as a kid i first heard them late at night on the radio one time um and I don't know why they were playing it on uh, K-Rock, which was the normal rock station, but it was late at night. I should have been asleep. And it just came on. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's It sounded like operatic German sung over, you know, some of the heaviest shit I had ever heard on the radio. Yeah. And I got their first album on a Burn CD, my first Burn CD from the mid-90s that I got from a friend. And um, the summer prior to this show, I had gone to Germany. Um, and nice, um, dude. I didn't I, know you I, were in I, Germany, man. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I went on a trip with a choir because I could sing back in my youth, and um, we oh, went blowing this whole metal thing out of the oh, water. By man. the way, that's awesome, though. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, we went to all Nick these different sing. countries: uh, Switzerland and the Netherlands, France. Liechtenstein, which is not a country, yes. uh, but we went to all these different places. And when I was in Germany, I bought the shit out of every Rammstein CD I could fucking find. Um, I have a real copy of Sangsucht with the real German cover. Um, and, wow. and you know, these are like, uh, as a CD guy who used to collect CDs, these are like my prized pieces of my CD collection. So I totally love this shit. Um, and I knew all about who they were. And I think, like, you know 
people were just kind of discovering Rammstein. Like everybody knew Duhast, but they yeah. didn't know what the Rammstein show was like. And I had watched the grainy, grainy video taken at the time on what for for people who are younger, you may not understand that the internet once was like an abysmal wasteland with awesome stuff hidden on it. And you would have to sit there and download a video for four fucking hours just to see like grainy video of what Rammstein was really like in concert. <laughs> and uh, as you may know, they were famous for having lots of pyro, not just the type that like Motley Crue sets off in the background, but they would they were pyrotechnicians themselves. They still are. And they would set uh, their instruments on fire and play them. They would have uh, <laughs> all sorts of ridiculous shit. And um, the lead singer, Till Lindman, would wear for the song Rammstein by Rammstein a giant chainmail uh, trench coat which would be set on fire um, the, the closing song Angel which would be played while he had an, a literally not like joking around he had a flamethrower that he would just spray up into the air over the crowd crazy shit I saw them <laughs> when I, and I was in the fifth to last row at the Continental Airlines Arena now the Izod Center in New Jersey East Rutherford and it was a life-changing experience for me at the time. I mean, I was like fucking 17. It was, you know, when you're a teenager and you see one of your favorite bands and they're setting themselves on fire and putting on the greatest stage show that you're probably ever going to fucking see in your life, it was seriously life-changing. It was also a bonding experience for me and my friend who I went with at the time. And, and I mean, we would tell the stories of the Rammstein show. <laughs> like you could imagine, okay, you had a beer spell, spilled on you at They Might Be Giants. <laughs> imagine if you went to your favorite metal band and they were setting themselves on fire on stage. I remember him turning to me during the show and going, that man is on fire. <laughs> like it, it was a badge of honor for us to tell those stories. And like... I've seen a lot of concerts, hundreds of bands, and you know I, I've done everything that we just said. I've been punched in the face and kicked in the face and left bruised up. And I, I mean, I've seen other bands. I've seen Tool on the floor up front. I saw Monster Magnet up close at the Stone Pony. Um, I mean, I, I've had sunburn on the lawn at Ozfest and uh, snuck down at the floor at uh, what was it, Mayhem Festival in Scranton. I, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of notable shows, Damage Plan and Disturbed, at the Starland Ballroom, and it was so slick there with sweat. The ground was so, it was just wet, like after the pit, and like people were sliding to get out. It was a fucking ridiculous show. I've seen a lot of shows, and most of them don't compare to that first Rammstein experience, just that crazy fucking experience of being a kid going to a show for the for really the first time because I just don't count that seven dust thing it's just a false start <laughs> man but I've seen a lot of fucking cool shit and um, I mean I don't know that I've seen much better than that it's still probably in my top ten favorite shows but I definitely have one more that I'll tell you about later on when I tell you my best Oh, nice! but that was a pretty fucking great experience for young Nick damn sounds awesome dude Wow. I kind of look at it as the gateway into me become me moving from adolescence to young adulthood, which I'll get into a little bit later when I talk about my other thing. <laughs> and, I, and for the record, I'd still be willing to see Oak Ridge Boys again if they set themselves on fire too. Fuck yes. Go. <laughs> yes, I'd pony up the cash and go. 
Uh, well, wow. Mike, obviously we we've gone through what your first metal show was. That's uh, sure. pretty obvious. That pretty much you know, makes you the most metal of of any of us here on the show because uh, your yeah, first by the way, was metal. I'm gonna fucking ruin that coming up. Don't you worry. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so um, yeah, Kicked you uh, you show. sort of forfeit that round. But uh, you know, for me, my first metal show, and it it still goes down as uh, one of my most memorable. It was awesome. Uh, 1994, Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral Tour. Ooh. was absolutely amazing. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, That's... Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it was at the uh, Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, which is no longer there, but uh, it was pretty much the, uh, the big stadium there for uh, many decades. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, of course, was headlining. I was a, a senior in high school at that point, and... Nine Inch Nails, man, were pretty much, uh, you know, the, the craziest sort of most rebellious thing out there, um, you know, as far as the mainstream sort of metal thing went. Um, and opening for Nine Inch Nails, there were, there were two acts opening. Um, the, uh, the sort of first act that went out there was something that was called the Jim Rose Circus. <laughs> and oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. dude, that was so cool! It's pretty much like a sideshow freak show thing, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, lots of piercings and uh, people walking on swords and uh, you know a bed of nails and the whole thing. And it was really, really cool. Jim Rose comes out there and he, he has great charisma and, and <laughs> is a great showman. And uh, we had a lot of fun with that, and uh, it, w- it was just a great thing to behold. Even though we were pretty much the furthest back and the highest up seats that you could possibly get uh from the stage but um it was still really cool um and then uh the other band that opened uh for nine inch nails right before they went on was a band that none of us had ever heard of before and we're gonna be like okay whatever it was a band called marilyn manson (laughs) and um you know their claim to fame at that point was um uh portrait of an american family um, of course, they had that CD out and, uh, you know, a whole lot of offensive shirts. You know, we were going, of course, to all the uh, T-shirt kiosks go- going on around there. And I think the one that stuck in my mind was, um, what was it? You know, kill God, kill mom and dad and kill yourself or something like that. You know, and we're just like, OK, what's up with this band? We haven't even heard them yet. And this, these are pretty much, you know, the most offensive shirts that we've ever seen in our lives. So whatever. And <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh so after enjoying the Jim Rose Circus and really having a genuine good time, it was fun, um, Marilyn Manson comes on stage, and the first thing he says was how he thinks that children are the devil's playthings. And we're like, huh, okay. And then the music, you know, was, was sort of okay, and it was like he was just really, really trying to be offensive, you know, really. Um... It didn't seem very genuine, and the music was okay. You know, it wasn't sort of what we were expecting as far as Nine Inch Nails went. You know, we came there to see Nine Inch Nails, and it was it was just sort of all right. And so we were just, you know, me and my friends going there, of course. You know, we're seniors in high school and everything. We're just sort of like, okay, wow. Wow, he was, he was really trying hard to be offensive here, and the music was just sort of mediocre and... Okay, whatever. And but of course we kept talking about it, you know, for months and months and months after that, and even years, you know. And then you know Marilyn Manson blew up, and you know that whole thing. We just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just sort of a, a great story to tell throughout the years. But 
at that show, we were not impressed whatsoever. And he was it was just sort of like he was just trying too hard to offend somebody, anybody, and just laying it all out there. Um, but uh, Nine Inch Nails came on, and it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, everything we love from Pretty Hate Machine and Broken and uh, Downward Spiral, just wonderful. The stage show was brilliant um, at, of course, the Mellon Arena, you know, is this typical sort of hockey arena. And uh, so we bought tickets for the general public, which were sort of up in the stands, and you paid more to be on the floor of course. But uh, halfway through the uh, Nine Inch Nails set, we actually ran into some people uh, that we went to high school with. They're like, yeah, man, come on, we're going to crash the stage. We're going to, you know, they had these whole barriers set up that they didn't have for hockey. They took down the glass, you know, from the hockey rink, and they put up sort of these barriers so that people from the general, you know, seating could not get down onto the floor. And uh, she's like, yeah, we're going down here, you know, come with us. And we're like, well, no, no, you know, we're not going to do that, whatever. And so literally halfway through Nine Inch Nails, uh, the general seating sort of did this whole rush. And they crashed all the barriers that were uh, separating us from the floor. And just thousands of people were pouring down onto the floor because Nine Inch Nails was just being, they were just so, so good. And uh, the pit there was just flooded, flooded. I mean, people, I, I don't know how people were even moving at that point. But uh, just one of the most brilliant shows I've been to. Uh, Trent, I think, at his pinnacle. Um, I think pretty much uh, the Downward Spiral is his uh, high point of his career. Um, one of the... Uh, I don't, well, <laughs> maybe, the, wow. maybe the Oscar might be bigger. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, so it was really, really cool. One of my, so, you know. so this was just your first show, not your best show. Yeah, I mean, actually, so there's something this, better than this. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there is. Wow. Um, but this was something. I mean, it affected me because I'm like, wow, this is. I'm actually at a metal show because I'd never been in a metal show. I've just heard of them and how crazy they get and everything, but I'd never experienced it. And uh, just being at this show, I'm like, oh my god, I've sort of entered this whole world of rock shows, metal shows, you know, and wow, oh, this is what they're like. God, oh my God. And that, and that feeling when yeah. you're looking around at all people, I'm sorry, God, shut the fuck up. No, 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 go for it, go for it, man. No, I, that feeling, I know yeah. what you mean, it's 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 that surreal feeling of you're looking around, you're looking at all your compatriots, uh, everybody you know, and it's like one big club, and you're looking around, and you're like, we're here together, and this is what it's all about. My parents right. aren't here, and they don't know, and the kids that like rap, they don't understand, and they don't know. And it's, it's like you feel like you're part of a very exclusive, adrenaline-filled club, and it's an amazing – it's like – and you'll be chasing that dragon every show for the rest of your life Absolutely, trying, to feel that, trying to feel that tightness. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's that it's that brotherhood that when you look around, you realize you're no longer that marginalized individual, uh, that you are actually like part of a group that is, you know, much closer to who you are than when you go to the fucking mall or when you go to work or when you go to school or anything else where, where you go, you go to all these places where like people don't, they don't watch the, they don't listen to the same music as you. They don't watch those scary movies you do. They don't, uh, read those weird books they don't know what you're fucking talking about most of the time uh, and and you could go to a show like this and people point at your shirt and say hey 
we're, we must be friends. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. It's, I don't need to seek your approval because we are the same. I'm sorry, Corey. I didn't mean to jump on top of that. But when you said that, no. I felt I felt when I was 16 at my first Absolutely. concert. Yeah. Dude, no, sorry, that's dude. totally you're, you're Thank you. No, thank weight. you for that. Don't sorry. be sorry, man. Thank you for that. Because, uh, you know, that was uh, sort of what set the tone for me. Uh, what I was going into, you know, expecting from uh, future metal shows and sort of I held them to this bar. You know, I'm like, man, you you really, really have to get to me on this level because that was so awesome. And uh, I'll tell you what, I love Nine Inch Nails. I don't care what he does. I love Trent. Um, and I know, he, he, you know, you take the good with the bad. You know, that's everybody. Um, you know, and I don't like everything that he's done. I don't agree with him on everything, but I really don't care. I love him as an artist. I thank him for what he did to me back in 1994. Uh, with that show where I was at that time, man. And uh, as an artist, I'm sorry, I have the utmost respect for him, and I always will. I'm going to carry that with me to the grave because that's, uh, man, that uh, really, really, was it good? Was it bad? I mean, did it uh, enhance my appreciation, or did that mess me up <laughs> as far as appreciating other things for years to come? I don't know. Um, oh, but, that uh, connection is what it's all about, bro. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, man, moving on to uh, what we would consider to be our best concerts, uh, which is really tough. Uh, we were talking about this before we started the show um, because it seemed like a really great uh, topic and something we could you know, probably nail down pretty easily. But once you get into it, there are some things uh, you have to kind of qualify that with. Uh, so... I don't know, uh, 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 Nick. Do you have uh, trouble sort of defining this, or uh, do you have something in mind that you would you would know for sure is your your best concert of all time? Oh yeah, um, for me, no question. I know exactly what my best concert was. Um, <clears throat> it was, uh, and I mean, this is going to kind of seem ridiculous because once again, I've seen like hundreds of bands in between these two performances here. Um, I mean, I've been to like so many goddamn shows. I, I did Ozfest for how many years, and I've done Mayhem Fest and Uproar Fest, and um, I always come for like the little bands in the beginning because, just like you said about seeing Marilyn Manson before he was famous, I always love to go and see um, a band before they were famous, so that then years later you could be like, yeah, I saw them at a little club, blah blah blah, you know. And so rarely does that ever happen. But regardless, um, I guess I'm going to tell my story now. Yeah, yeah, please. Best show ever? Yes. So, 12 years I spent going to other shows. Um, and, I, you know, I had seen Rammstein again once more, even, in all those shows in the year 2000 at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. But they hadn't come back to America for almost a decade. And I, I didn't know if it was just that they hated America or they couldn't play in America anymore because of the amount of pyro that they used after that whole thing at that great white show great white, yeah. in Rhode <laughs> Island where they killed their part of their crowd by having flares and not, God, not acting appropriately. That's I mean, a hard that, video to watch. I saw the video footage yeah, of that. It's yeah, fucking I've horrible. Seen some of it. Yeah, and it is horrible. terrible, dude. And it, it's a spe like I, I mean, not to get off on a tangent here, but especially like if you're a fucking old band that um, can't even get your crowd up anymore, it, you know, a little bit of pyro is not going to be fucking Viagra. Uh, right. it, it's it wasn't going to change anything either way. Um, at least like you know, with with Rammstein, what I'm talking about here, they are all each trained pyrotechnicians. They have a crew. 
not just like setting off road flares up on stage. You know what I mean? But they're yeah. all German. I mean, you know, they all have this technical ability, this, uh, you know, whole industrial thing going. I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, they do. Natural arbiters. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I would trust Germans over Jamaicans based on on national, uh, on uh, uh, cultural defense. Ah, fuck it. Don't trust the uh, dope smokers, folks. Not yeah. with pyro. Yeah. God damn. Right. Drinking all afternoon. Duhas. Rearing its ugly head right now as I bumble. Sorry. So, Rammstein did not come back to America for nearly a decade, and then in 2010, they were finally coming back. They were going to play Madison Square Garden, one show in America. Um, I think that they played up in Montreal as well, but that wasn't really related to this. It was just a couple of one-offs in North America. I think just to see that they could then do another tour, and naturally, I got tickets for it right away. And they weren't great seats. They were up someplace in the top of MSG, which if you've ever been to MSG, the top of MSG is very far <laughs> in MSG. You might as well uh, be in New Jersey at that point. Yes, you know? I didn't yeah. have to travel that far to get there. Well, right. <laughs> um, so you have your whole exit s- for that, that row of seating, you know? Right, so, just jump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got so psyched up for the show, I made my wife um, watch full concerts on YouTube, and she started to get excited about <laughs> it. She she never liked Rammstein before, um, and I think it was because she was kind of put off because they're – they sing in German. You know, I realize I didn't even really tell people who Rammstein is other than they set themselves on fire live, but they're a German, mostly considered an industrial metal band. Um, although I think they're, the actual technical name for their metal that they use is, uh, what is it, New Deutschharda or Deutschnuharda or something, Tanz Metal, um, Dance Metal is how it translates, but whatever. Um, it's fucking awesome. And yeah. a lot of kids in the 90s were wearing this, the ones who wore the trench coats and everything else, okay? We were, we were all doing that. Anyway, um, so for all – for three – oh, yeah, a funny story. My wife, watching all these videos, falls in love with Rammstein, loves them second to her favorite band ever, Metallica. And she falls in love with the lead singer, Till Lindman, even though he's pretty much a 50-year-old grandpa mm. at this point for some reason. I, it's inexplicable. I can't explain it. Uh, but anyway, three months – for three months in the house of Nick, it's all – hype okay so december comes we go into the city and um we brought like 600 bucks with us we're like we're gonna buy better seats because if there was ever a time to buy tickets from a scalper on the street this was it and um we had to negotiate with this dude it was uh pretty ridiculous i had to get led up to let let up like some around the corner to his boss because like i didn't want to pay as much as he was offering for the scalp like i i don't know so it got uh, that's serious shit, man. Wow. But yeah, they gave me good seats and they look totally fake. I've never seen tickets like this. It's not your regular little Ticketmaster ticket. It was like these big tickets that were like it said like world's finest on it. And uh, it, it you know, like crazy MSG seats. And I was like, oh, this is fake. Whatever. You know, this is just a fake ticket. We're, we just got ripped off. And I was like, wow. I don't even care because it's worth taking a risk. OK, so we go inside and we're standing in line and I show it to like the security guard as I'm going up and I'm like, hey, what do I do with these tickets? Are these real? And he's like, uh, yeah, but you have to go in over there. And he points at like this door off on the side that we've never seen before that no one ever sees because you're standing in line at this point. You don't notice <laughs> it. And it was like some sort of premier club or something. And we're like, this is awesome. And we go in and like we show people inside the tickets and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Just go ahead through. They don't even look at them. And we go up and like we go in an elevator and we're riding up in an elevator. And <laughs> dude, we're in. We go to the room that matches the number on the ticket, which was like 215 or something. And I said a room 
because we were in like a room. It looked like a hotel room that overlooks like Madison Square Garden. And we were like, okay, this is probably further away than where we are, but this is fucking awesome, right? <laughs> like oh there was a God. buffet in there and shit. And and like some guy came by and um um he he was like some guy just checking like if we needed anything or something. And I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm actually supposed to be here. Can you just like look at my ticket? And he's like, oh no. <laughs> This ticket's like way down there. And I was like, oh, that's even awesomer. So, wow. so our tickets were like way down, not on the floor, but just like right behind the floor, like box seats at Madison Square Garden, which was real cool. Dude, they give you th- – this is like one of the things that you don't know unless you're rich or have season tickets for the Rangers or whatever. But like they give you like – there's a fucking butler that comes he's, or a waiter, whatever you want to say. We called him the butler. But Jeez. he comes and he's like, hey, do you guys need anything like drinks or a hot dog? You know, I'll go get you whatever you need. Wow. <laughs> and like he takes it for the whole row. And it, the feeling inside the arena, though, like was actually completely ridiculously electric. It was like I, I had been to MSG for other special events like WrestleMania and stuff. And it felt more like more like an atmosphere like that. Not like a concert was happening, but like this was an event. This was like the the Olympics of metal. You know, people oh had God. come from all over the country. I remember reading about online, like just message boards of people like, I'm going to New York I'm from Colorado. I can't believe it. But, dude, people were there from all over the world holding their flags and stuff from where they were. The guy in the row next to us had followed the band from Germany. He didn't even buy tickets. He just bought tickets on the street from the same jerk off who sold us ours. And uh, there were other people in the row from South America somewhere, but they didn't really speak English. So we didn't really talk to them. It, w- it was pretty ridiculous, man. And the show was insane i mean it was so much more than like the show that i had seen originally but i i was happy about being there being able to share like with my wife and i i mean it was like going to see death clock in metalocalypse <laughs> it's just otherworldly like no metal exists like this wow. and i mean uh there Yes, uh, there are several people on fire on stage. There's lots of pyro. The guitarists have masks that shoot flamethrowers at the end of it. Um, and until Lin Min drives around on a giant penis cannon that shoots foam out over the crowd. In the last song, Angel, instead of using a flamethrower like he used to, he now wears giant 200-pound metal angel wings which of course also light on flyer and have flamethrowers that shoot flames at the tip i mean there, there's a video i'll try and get Corey the link so that he could post it on the website um for the guy's name is fucking devotee on youtube oh my god go watch the video for do re so good on um on there because it is uh the crowd the earth is shaking in that video and he pulls back at about like a minute and a half in and shows the crowd and just everyone fucking going out of their minds in in a whole arena and especially when you go to an arena show in new york people are fucking jaded uh when you go see metallica there the people are sitting on their hands they're wearing their uh giants and devils and and rangers coats over over like their regular attire because they're not metalheads. They're just people who show up because, hey, Metallica's coming. You know, these fucking meatheads who, who think that they're metal or whatever or think that they're hard just because they're going to a metal show. And, and they don't react to the songs. They don't react to anything. And it's boring. But when you go and see something like that, it was it was real fans, people who really fucking wanted to be there and see something insane. And they did. And I mean, unquestionably, for me, it was the greatest show of all time. And I've been to a few since then, and I still go to shows from time to time. But it, it, this show represents something great to me. 
Because, wow. I mean, I've even seen Rammstein a couple of times since then because they did their North American tour, tour and I saw them in New Jersey and in Chicago. But what Rammstein is with this show and my first show, it bookends my, my young adulthood, my, the, the, the prime years of my life. It really does. Because um, when, when I was coming of age and I was in high school and uh, the, the thing that inspired me to go to all these shows and to try and chase that dragon and recapture that feeling, it was Rammstein. It was what set that all off. And then here I go. I go through college. I go through well, everything after college and still going to shows, show after show. Like if there was a point when I was going to like a show every week you know, across the summer and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I am, I'm getting older. We, we get married and like a little bit over a year after we get married, but the girl who I loved in college, we go to fucking Rammstein. And it's, <laughs> it, it's one of those just beautiful things that parsimoniously fits into my life. And, and, and after that show, I remember leaving with her and we, I said to her, you know, we don't ever need to go to another concert again because it was that good. And she agreed. And we both still pretty much agree. Wow. And that's why like when concerts come again, we're just like, well, I've already seen Rammstein, <laughs> you know? And I, I even remember I told her, um, and I told you, uh, she, she, her favorite band's Metallica. She even has a Metallica tattoo. Nice. And I told her, I told her as we were leaving. So you see why I can't stand Metallica anymore? And she was like, "Yeah, fuck Metallica. That was awesome." <laughs> wow. Well, the but, important thing here, Nick. What you know? What we're all wondering: Did you make out with her that night at Rammstein? Make out with her? Yes. Of I, course. That's what, I, I, what is a man to do? But, all right. All right. But the so, show was so good. Yes. It convinced me. That in some ways I had, I had had a life well lived within mm -hmm. those yeah. those that period. It, it was so g good that it it sort of made me feel okay for letting go of being a kid and sort of moving on with our lives in a way. And I mean, right after that show is like when we decided to have a kid ourselves. And I, I'm. I, I'm not saying that it ruined concerts for me, but it showed me that my life had progressed and it really helped me associate um, with, with that progression and got me ready for new adventures in life. And oh. as tonight, when we were, we, <laughs> before we recorded, me and my wife were watching a bunch of live Rammstein so I could get pumped up for this episode, <laughs> I guess. But uh, we were carrying our baby to bed and I was watching her hold him and I was like, you know, he's not even going to remember this. And we, we tucked him in and like, as she's tucking him in, I was like, wait a minute, that's perfect. In another 10 years, I'll just go see Rammstein again and I'll take him and it works. Wow. <laughs> so maybe, maybe someday I'll take him to his first Rammstein show. But yes, I've seen hundreds of bands. Nothing stands up to that. And it's also because it was such a fucking special thing to go and see that. And I mean, I've seen other really special things like uh, the Big Four. I saw Alice in Chains reunion show where they played with Phil Anselmo. And this Rammstein show was like heads above anything I have experienced Whoa. maybe in my life. Oh. Um, and that's just scary. Other than like, you know, the important stuff, the real life stuff of getting married or having a kid. Yeah. I'm talking about entertainment, dumb shit you've done in your life. That pretty much is the best shit ever. Wow. Wow. I know, uh, Mike, you know, you and I had a few issues with uh, our answers um, regarding yeah. this. But, oh, my God, I think, I, yeah, I, Nick, I mean, I, I hate to speak for you, Mike, but uh, if I had any sort of experience even near what Nick had, 
Eric Rammstein, uh, my decision wouldn't be as complex <laughs> as it ended up being. Because, wow, that's uh, <laughs> amazing, dude. That's pretty much the best concert story I've ever heard in my life. But you it's know? just one of those things where, like, wow. you know, you finally find what you're seeking all those years. Oh like, God. all those tickets. I keep all my stubs, too. I keep them in a, my metal box with my money information hidden yes. someplace wherever I I don't even know where it is right now. But anyway, there's important documents. Your zombie bunker, and, right? <laughs> yeah, wherever my yeah. zombie bunker is. Uh, but, yo, there's important documents in there right next to every ticket stub to every show I've ever been to. And it's like, you don't really know what you're seeking. And then when you find it, fuck, dude. Yeah. It, it's wow. a life-changing experience. Oh, hey, you know Lord. what it is? It's fucking spiritual for me. I don't go to church. I go to concerts. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> we should put that on a t-shirt for us. Wow. Devil, Devil Horns podcast. I don't go to church. I go to concerts. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Then do I have to include when <laughs> Free Fair? That down. When Free Fair came to my my junior just, high and I saw them play. That was kind of like church and school. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> Sorry, wow. we got to your journey too. Not nearly as good as Nick's story. Oh my god! Sorry, that's amazing, dude. It really is. Um, I'm jealous. I don't know if I've outside of my first concert when I was so excited to be a part of that group. I don't know if I've had that moment yet, Nick. To be honest. Well, keep going. That's, a, that's amazing. Well. Yeah, but 400 years old now. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, a lot, and, and, and a lot of the bands I used to go see simply don't tour anymore. Um, for reasons out of some, out of their control, some not. I don't know. It's going to be rough, Corey. What do you Jeez. think? I don't know. Is there one? I mean, if you had to narrow it down, man. I mean, you know, okay. to me, I have, I actually, I have four or five. Uh, five. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, uh, do you? How many do you okay. have, man? Uh, Give me one. Give me one. Uh, okay. And why? Here's here's what's gonna fuck up everything uh, for me being on this show. Um, <laughs> I and I, love it. I swear to God, I don't even want to say this because it's gonna be like, what the? F You're almost gonna hear the needle get pulled off the record, and Corey go, what the fuck? In the background. Yeah, um, this will be the last show that Mike's on. This, uh, yeah, this for, might be my departure from the show, gentlemen. The best concert I ever saw um, isn't metal. And uh, the best cut. Oh God! <laughs> Don't even want to say this. The best concert I ever saw. If if I'm to talk about pure enjoyment that touched my heart, was Friday, June 25th, 1993, at the uh, Arco Arena. Roger Whitaker, uh, the British South African folk singer. Um. I went to see his concert. My girlfriend knew I'd grown up as a little kid loving his voice. And um, I sat there with nothing but senior citizens and my hot girlfriend. And she looked like the most miserable person on the planet. As I sang along with New World in the Morning, Durham Town, and nearly just was brought to tears by the soul in this man's voice. That was the best show I've ever seen. And yeah. you couldn't be any further from metal as if I'd been to a, a Wiggles concert. So that's when awesome. you said they yeah. might be giants, I'm like, dude, that's way more metal than Roger Whitaker. <laughs> um, but that was the best show because wow. it just touched my it touched my heart. Now, hmm. that's not metal, and that's what we're here to talk well, about. Well, no, that's the best show you've ever seen, and I mean that's right. that's totally valid. And I, th I, dude, that's the great thing. I I don't identify myself with. 
um, uh, you know, metal fans who are strictly metal and hate anything outside of that genre. Uh, I think you have to be very well-rounded, very well-versed mm -hmm. in, in a lot of styles, you know, being from the extreme, extreme uh, kind of things that we see in metal. I mean, just be able to chill out every once in a while and enjoy that and just understand, you know, what the what the whole thing is between metal and, and a lot of other forms of music, man. So that's that's totally valid. That's what I am, man. I, I you know, totally I'd love I love the Grateful Dead, for instance, you know? And, and if it's uh, that's You uh, do? I Yeah, I love the Dead, I didn't man. Know that. And How one of the like things one one of the uh guiltiest uh memories that I hold over my life and I'm gonna take to the grave like some sort of guilt was um when I was eighteen years old, man, uh the Grateful Dead came through Pittsburgh. And I had the opportunity to go see them. But I'm like, no, because I actually I had to work or whatever. And I'm like, no, you know what? It's not a big deal because they'll be around again. They've been touring for decades. <laughs> right. And then literally, I think the next week after uh, the dead were in Pittsburgh that uh, that time around, they, uh, you know, Jerry decided to die. Yeah. And so that that was it for me. And uh, so, you know, that's uh that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you're a metalhead, man, that's awesome. You know, I think even more so that uh, you appreciate other forms of music and you know why. And I think it's a great contrast and it helps me appreciate metal even more because I listen to things like The Grateful Dead and like Fish. and, and uh, Yeah, uh, see, yeah, you know. we're, we're a bit into jam bands. I mean, so yeah, if you're, if you're yeah. with the dead, you got to be with Fish. Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right. And uh, I will so say you appreciate that contrast, man, because it's a it's a great jump. Uh, that you do, and it's it's a lot of fun. So metalheads, that concert, the one I, as far as my little, my notes here or my my stubs, just before that I saw Megadeth and Suicidal Tendencies, and just after that I saw Pantera, Prong, and Sepultura. So okay, I'm still kind oh of in the metal. Oh my god! <laughs> but but should I say my best metal show? Because that was the best. Like where Nick, where that that show yeah. touched you. That's that show touched me, but because it was almost like like um childhood memories that i was experiencing at that show so it was it was a bit different well yeah uh, i mean what does nick think you know nick of uh mm -hmm. you know the shows we brought up i mean you're a metalhead yourself i don't know much about uh oh no I mean, whether uh, you enjoy other forms of music as well and what do you think of what we had to say well clearly i like other forms of music too um i have no idea who roger whitaker is and i'm glad you told me he was a folk singer because now i learned uh and um, no, I don't do uh, jam band stuff, but I have seen like, like when you name other bands, like rock bands and stuff, I've seen tons of them. And um, I mean, like one of my favorite uh, bands to see live when, well, not anymore, but Jesus Christ, these Stone Temple Pilots, I've seen uh. a bunch of times. And actually the worst show I've ever seen was, <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so into the Stone Temple Pilots, I went to go see Scott Weiland's solo show. Oh, Holy wow. God, was I'm that sorry. bad. Yeah. He, oh, was, uh, <laughs> he was not on that night. No, he was not. Oh, wow. And, uh, dude, it pisses me off. I don't want to break into a tangent again, but when Chris Cornell does his solo tour, which I've not seen mm. but would love to, he yeah. plays everything, man. He plays Chris Cornell songs. He plays Soundgarden yeah. songs. He plays Audio Slave songs. When um, Wyland goes on tour, he plays um, two Stone Temple Pilots songs, and the rest are his solo songs, and he plays, like, No Velvet Revolver, uh, who I also uh, like live Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Really rock. Yeah, awesome. Um, but he um, – 
like he only like it's just not it's not right to kind of do that, especially like um, even in his commercials for the show, they play nothing but Stone Temple Pilots in the background, yeah, and like the course. crowd got mad and angry at him, very angry to the point that people were like flipping out about it, and the show, like he was just boring, stoned out. Scott Weiland on that mm-hmm. show, and I've seen some Stone Temple Pilots shows that went bad like that too. But um, I've seen them rock like motherfuckers too. So yeah, whatever. Probably. And I mean, there's other bands like that that I've seen. I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I've seen um, God knows who else. Audio Slave. That's another one that I saw. That's totally. Did you ever not see the Toadies? Really metal. No, I never saw the Toadies, oh, but I, I totally would. Yeah. I saw Sponge, and I saw Sponge, Sponge? after they were cool. Like I saw them for like oh, wow. five dollars at a bar. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, they had one song anybody cared about. Dude, they uh, were actually, and they were more into it for five dollars at some fucking bar <laughs> ten years after they were cool than Wyland was at his own solo I'm show. Sure. So fuck I'm him. Sure. Oh, wow. So I'm sorry though, but I don't mean to <laughs> his derail. His brain has been erased by heroin. Um, yeah. So uh, anyhow, Mike, uh, what uh, you have a, a metal show? Because I still have a, a whole laundry list of best shows here. <laughs> here to talk about I, so um oh well uh what what was your uh, best your first best or one of your best metal shows i'll i'll list the first couple but then i'll i'll, I'll give you three the two that should oh. that were amazing shows but i'll end with the one that looking back because i have to look back right at what really sticks with me because it's 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 i've seen shows that should have been epic but the sound was bad Anything you yeah. see at the Cow Palace in San Francisco sounds like shit. Um, I mean, I, I saw Iron Maiden there. It was one of the worst shows I'd ever seen. And they were playing their asses off. It wasn't their fault. you know. Uh, so I'm going to go with the first one where I think that was an amazing show. was Clash of the Titans. Where's that stupid ticket? Hold on. Is that 19, Clash- uh, 1988? Uh, Sunday, May 26, 1991. Clash of oh, the Titans. Oh, it was well. It was the revolving set, but it was it was the big three minus Metallica. It was Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. Yeah, I thought little... it was still the four of them on that tour, but no, uh, Metallica. Wow. Yeah, Metallica still <laughs> would have no, at that point would have nothing to do with anything Megadeth was doing, and mm-hmm. a little band named Alice in Chains opened. Oh, um, and it's that was comers, yeah. yeah, they really were. It was a great show. Uh, and, and Lane was fucking ripping it up. He was great. I mean, even as an opening band, he was amazing. They, they were uh, actually a, a very charismatic band early on, man. You know, they had a yeah. lot of sort of that rock band, you know, whole whole rock star mentality uh, yeah. early on. And uh, especially what was the video that they had um, uh, that documented all, all of uh, like recording um, facelift and everything like that. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but... Mm. Uh, I don't remember the yeah. title. Sorry, sorry. But no, no, no worries. Ahead, I mean, so that was that was a great show. Um, I would fast forward to Saturday, October 26, nineteen ninety six, when my girlfriend scored us tickets to the original Ozfest, and Ooh. it was an amazing show just because of the bands that I saw. Uh, and granted, it was too long of a show in the summer sun to enjoy. Because everybody was just, it was 100 degrees. Everybody was just fucking drunk and tired. But mm. I got to see Cold Chamber, Pyroman 5000, Neurosis, which Ooh. was amazing. Fear Factory, Sepultura, Biohazard, Danzig Slayer, and of course Ozzy 
right after Zach left the first time, <laughs> and who, that dude that was there for like three months. Yeah. I don't even know who he fucking was. Yeah, some guy. Yeah. But that was an epic show, but it was, like I said, 100 degrees out in yeah. the desert, and it was really rough to enjoy. So I'm going to say, looking back, the best show that I ever saw where I thought I had great seats. Granted, almost everything was general admission, uh, but I got I showed up early enough to get good seats, uh, didn't get wasted so I could enjoy the show and really enjoy the music, and had the bands be amazing and on par is a show with two bands that you cannot see anymore. That was Thursday, March 30th, 1995 in uh, Pantera, of course, was the headliner, which was, um, looking here, was the... Beyond Driven, probably. Yeah, Beyond Driven. It was the second time I'd seen Pantera, because uh, Beyond Driven was such a long tour. That yeah. was the second time I saw them on that tour. <laughs> nice. Um, they were on. They were on the money, but uh, typo negative opened. Wow, nice. And um, I, I had, I was a little bit into typo before that, but by the, by the time the night was done, I was hooked. Um, and really got into the music. Uh, I think the next day I went out and bought everything they had up until that point. And um, it was just, I was probably sober, the right place, the right time. Both bands were on the money. And looking back, it's super nostalgic because, of course, you can't see either band anymore. Wow. So for me, that was probably my best. Wow. I'm very jealous about that typo, man. Did you ever uh, see typo? Nope. Nope. I never saw him either. Uh. Just by happenstance, of course, because I've seen so many bands that it's almost weird for me to list the bands I didn't see. <laughs> I'm trying to think, who's the biggest band of my era that I didn't see? There's a bunch. Yeah, I've never I seen ACDC probably... or Rush or. Mm. Um, I, I caught Rush. Yeah, they're gonna die pretty soon. So, <laughs> I mean, they're getting wow. up there. I mean, seriously, no, they really are. Yeah. No. And you, yeah. did you say you never saw Corrosion? Uh, no, I never saw COC. I only um, saw them once. Yeah. Great show. Wow. I only saw them once. You know, I'll probably catch down. Um, I imagine they're going to have a pretty pretty extensive tour here after they release their next uh, EP. Yeah. Well, um, you at least have a, a history so. of some sort with Phil Anselmo. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> you, maybe that's a good... extensively talk with half the band. I, don't, I think that qualifies as seeing them. Jesus. Well, <laughs> that, that may be a good segue. Basis. <laughs> yeah, See, well, really? Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I, yeah. whatever. Uh, this may be a good segue into my uh, favorite show of all time, my best show, um, shows, I'm sorry, uh, because, uh, you know, of course, Pantera does show up in my list. But uh, I'll go chronologically. Uh, if you were finished, Mike. Oh, I'm and, done. Um, Absolutely. I want to hear right. yours. Oh, mm -hmm. far out. Um, Got to go back to uh, actually 1995 um, because this was, again, I, I think the pretty much um, – the heaviest show, uh, surprisingly to me, uh, that I had seen up to that point. But uh, I had gone there to see uh, Primus on the Tales from the Punchbowl tour. Um, nice. Which uh, was at the Beaver Dome in Beaver, Pennsylvania, which is uh, very ironic being that, uh, of course, Winona's Big Brown Beaver was the single <laughs> off that album. So that, that song and that whole place was very special um opening for uh primus actually there were several bands i think the alcoholics uh were one of them there were like four there but right before primus went on 
the Meat Puppets played. Oh, nice. And they had just released No Joke, which is their heaviest album. It was the one that came after Too High to Die, which was uh, mm -hmm. their big radio album. And uh, so uh, No Joke is amazingly heavy. And on the album, again, very heavy, but live they were thick, man. It was so good. It was so good. And we were in the Beaver Dome, which is a college arena. Um, so, you know, it's pretty big, but still not not like I'm going to Pittsburgh or something like that or to an amphitheater or something. It was still, mm -hmm. uh, you were still pretty close in. Um, that was extremely heavy, just rocked me. And that was, that was actually the point where uh, I realized as a bass player, I myself wanted to be Les Claypool. Um, because uh, the encore was Tommy the Cat, and uh, nice. just, I mean it was it was it was brilliant. So uh, that's uh, you know uh, that's metal. You know Primus and the Meat Puppets. I think at that point are still very metal. Um, that was '95. Next up, um, I think this would actually be number one in my list of uh, my best metal shows of all time, and one that I won't forget ever um, was the uh, co-headlining tour that Pantera and White Zombie were doing that summer. <laughs> That's so fucking ridiculous. Oh, That's my awesome. God. July, I went down to Pittsburgh, and we were late getting to the show because uh, I had actually seen R.E.M. a month earlier at uh, this uh, pavilion, this amphitheater. And I'm like, oh, I remember how to get there. We can just drive down. No problem, no problem. We don't have to really worry about it. And so we stopped. We had uh, dinner at Burger King or something. weren't really, you know, in a rush to get down there. And then I realized that I didn't really remember how to get there, and uh, we took the wrong road, and so we had to turn around and, and keep going and going and going. We uh, got there. I think the Reverend Horton Heat um, was the last sort of opening band before uh, anyone went on. But uh, we really didn't. I think it was the Babes in Toyland and the Reverend Horton Heat uh, were the two opening bands. And, you know, I'm, I'm not... You know they're okay. They're they're good bands, but I didn't really care. I was there to see <laughs> White Zombie and Pantera, and oh my god, um, it was the second time I'd seen White Zombie uh, at the same venue actually, and uh, amazing, amazing. Just uh, I loved that whole band. I loved I loved Jay being the you know with uh, um, being on guitar, how heavy it was, and he did sort of surfer style sort of uh, riff sometimes but he was so heavy I loved uh, you know Sean on the bass she's just the classic you know one of those classic icons of uh, White Zombie and uh, you know of course uh, you know John coming over uh, on the drum and it, it sounded great I was just I was really surprised actually I think Rob Zombie sounds really really bad live uh, with his vocals he's terrible um, yeah, I agree. and he can just barely hold the rhythm of what he's doing, which is actually really important to his style. But as far right. as um, anything else about his voice, it's really, really bad. And Dude, uh, I agree 100%, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've seen him live like a couple of times. Uh, first off, at this point, he doesn't even remember the words to the songs. Right. And he'll right. hold the microphone out doing that little trick like you guys sing uh, so much. <laughs> yeah. So worse. And with Dude. him, you just have to remember like, hey and yeah. Because he's like, exactly. hey, yeah. But dude, Those I actually found on YouTube about two weeks ago a video f tape from 1996. on uh, It's on YouTube of like a whole concert of theirs. And oh, wow. even back then, he doesn't know the fucking words to the song. Yeah. I mean, he's he's more charismatic at that point and more spry because he's younger and hungrier. Uh, but he, he still doesn't like know the words. And, you know, when you go see like System of a Down, let's say, 
you know, who I, I'm trying to think of somebody who vocally has that same sort of crazy fucking delivery, right? Mike um, Patton, maybe. Uh, yeah, Mike Patton. They yeah. know the fucking words, you know? Yeah. Mike Patton is another good example of a guy who's like, you know, awesome at being a vocalist. But yeah. uh, um, Rob Zombie just like, he's got charisma, but he definitely does not have even appreciation for his own vocals. Right. I don't think he really cares. He's like, I'm, I'm Rob Zombie. So, right. You know, you're lucky I'm here at all. Sorry, man. Continue, please. Oh, no. But that I, was awesome. Um, I'd I don't like know. To Mike, break it for just a second. Did you ever I see White any, Zombie or anything? I just included a picture of a, I just took a picture of a, a stub that I sent it to our little, our little text group over our phones. And uh, the minute you said that, I smiled because I saw them on the same tour. And really? uh, I just nice. took a picture of my stub and sent it out to to both of you guys. Yeah, it was a it was a good show. So wow. I'm glad that was one of you. I'm glad that was your best show. I saw the same tour and I enjoyed it very much. Wow. Yeah. It was that in ninety. Was, that was in ninety six. Yep. Yep. And uh, of course, Phil was just as uh, insane. That was the first time I saw Pantera, and uh, my first exposure to uh, Phillips banter on stage, which is amazing <laughs> and legendary, uh, in a lot of a uh, lot of regards, because um, he was drunk. They drank a lot, you know, especially, of course, you know, Dime and, and Rex. and They all did. And uh, Phil, you know, he, he tied one on before he went out on stage, man. And uh, at that point, uh, yeah, I think he actually officially died the first time or something, using a lot of heroin, of course, but whatever. So he's all messed up. And I remember the, the one line, actually two things I remember from the show, because this was uh, 96, and so Metallica had just done Load and Reload, and they were still touring for those albums and the whole backlash and the controversy involving that. And, and Pantera, I think, you know, one of the things that they were always so proud of was that they stuck to their guns as far as metal went. They were metal through and through. They cared about the fans. And that was who they were. And they just really talked smack on, like, who they thought was uh, posers, especially Metallica. You know, and what they did with Load and everything. And uh, Philip was very vocal about that because uh, he was talking about how Metallica, you know, thinks they're so big and they can put out shows. But right here, this says it all. Like, these many fans are here to see a true metal band that is here for metal. And uh, he's like, we have like 15,000 people at this amphitheater tonight. They just came here to see us, and, uh, you know, you're keeping true metal alive, as opposed to Metallica, you know, that, uh, um, you know, it was a, a very questionable at that point. But uh, that, and uh, I think he said something to the effect where uh, he was shirtless, and he just had on, like, a pair of shorts. And at one point, uh, another thing I remember him saying, and I don't know why it stuck with me through the years, is uh, he turns around, um, and he's like, you know, that's the thing about me, man. I was born assless. I don't have an ass. And he just, lo- you know, he turns around to show, you know. I mean, he really didn't back then. and uh, So that was, uh, <laughs> you know, part of the brilliant banter that, uh, you know, only Philip can, you know, pull out of his non-existent ass. your approval. My yeah. ass looks like a pizza box. Yes. Thanks for coming. Drive safe. Yeah, yeah. But my favorite, I mean. We are Pantera. I mean. Uh, we are Pantera. <laughs> First time I saw Pantera, man, and uh, what is the number one thing that stuck out to me that night, other than Phil, you know, being Phil, but uh, it was how heavy the dime was uh, live compared to on the albums. Because I'm like, okay, there's uh, only one guitarist, there's only so much you can do with that, it's only so heavy. 
um, because uh, Dime did a lot of uh, overdubs and you know a lot of a lot of tracks uh, to get that thickness. And I'm like, there's no way, you know, it's a, they're probably going to be okay, whatever. But uh, Dime was so heavy live, he hit every note. And I know that man, that man was a hundred proof through and through, man. He was, he was lit up. But dude, a man that uh, never made a mistake, as far as I know, on guitar, especially for the fans, man. He was, uh, he was so good, and that's what struck me was how on he was and just he was he was so much presence there and uh that's uh that blew me away because i've never seen a guitarist that uh is ever going to come near that um just for what he did live man it's uh i've never seen it and yeah absolutely agree with you man i don't i don't even think like i've uh i've seen few guitarists ever who were the true rock star of their band you know what i mean uh and i only saw him play with damage plan for christ's sakes and uh you know overshadowing uh uh phil ensemble is one thing overshadowing pat lockman is another no offense pat lockman not like you listen to this fucking podcast but um he was fucking amazing he had such a great charisma for a guitarist um to really pull you in and stuff. I, I mean, I remember thinking that night that I had seen him, you, you know, not like retroactively after he died. Oh, he was the greatest ever. No, he may have actually been the greatest ever when it comes yeah. to, I, I mean, just like the stuff he did. My wife still says that her deafness is because <laughs> of him. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. so no, no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> great follow up, Mike. Yeah, no doubt about that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, you have more dime stories than I think any of us uh, here. But uh, wow. uh, no, you're you're right. He uh, he covered uh, album aside live. He covered with those hands so much ground live that uh, feasibly he covered enough ground to cover a rhythm and a lead guitarist uh, yeah. playing together, um, which it really says a lot. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. So you have one more show I want to hear about. Uh, it's actually one more band for uh, two more shows. Mm. Um, because, you know, I talked about, uh, I don't think uh, we were recording yet when uh, I was like, yeah, you know, this is kind of rough because you see bands in so many different atmospheres. You know, you see them in a, uh, a an amphitheater or maybe an arena or in the club, you know, something. And the experience is so much different. Mm. Um so uh, I do have to uh, talk about um, a couple club shows that I saw that uh, were so heavy and so crazy. Um, and they are both involving the Melvins, actually. Mm. I saw them twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them more than that, but uh, two times, the first two times I saw them in Pittsburgh, man. Uh, first time was in Club Laga, which is no longer there. It was on the second floor of this big building downtown, and... Uh, it was amazing. Uh, my ears, I've never uh, felt this sort of pain and numbness in my ears uh, that I did after I, I saw the Melvins. Uh, and it was unreal. Uh, Dale Crover, the drummer, he uh, threw his sticks out into the crowd afterwards, and I caught one of them. And uh, nice. still part of uh, my very cherished collection of uh, memorabilia here. But um, they were so heavy. I've never heard anything like them ever and uh it was it was very brilliant um the other melvin show that i saw was down the road at a a venue here in pittsburgh called mr smalls which is a church building big brick church with a steeple and everything 
that uh, has been converted into a bar and a club. So uh, with a big stage and a lot of bands go there. Um, I tried to see Guar there at one point, but they were all <laughs> sold out, so they turned us away. Uh, but uh, I've seen a lot of shows there over the years, and uh, the Melvins several times, but uh, the one time that was uh, extremely awesome, it was uh, the Melvins. They had done an album of their own, and then they collaborated with Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys. And um, they brought Jello out on stage uh, for a set. And they played a lot of stuff they did. Uh, they wrote with Jello, but uh, then they also did a set of Dead Kennedys songs. And uh, in the middle of the show, um, they did California Uber Alice. And mm. uh, he was up there singing, and the Melvins are playing it. And then Jello is going to stage dive. And I mean, there's a good sized pit. Mm. So Jello, and I know I've told, I think I've told this on another podcast. So I'm, I'm sorry if you heard this before. I think I did. Um, but, uh, Jello decides to stage dive and me, I'm probably the oldest one in the pit because there are a lot of, a lot of kids there and everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of old at that point and whatever. And the, the crowd splits. Oh no. And Jello <laughs> is face down on the floor oh. with the microphone and everything. I help him up because I'm the only one there. He didn't land on me. He was like sort of beside me and everything. I'm like, what's going on? So I help him up. He's still singing. And it's the chorus and everything. So uh, I helped Jello up off the floor and he's still singing. And it came to the chorus. And so I sang the, the chorus to uh, California Uberalis. That's um, amazing. Into the mic with Jello as I shoved his old fat ass back towards the stage and. And uh, up to continue his set with the Melvins. But that was an extremely metal, metal point, uh, you know, that uh, I'm going to remember forever because it's a sign of the times, you know, especially in very intimate, uh, close shows that uh, it's, you know, it's not what it used to be, man. These kids, they don't know how to, I don't know, stage dive. That was, that was crazy. Well, but they've <laughs> traded pits for the wall of death. Have you seen that shit? No. What is that all about? Have, have I been in that? Um, well, you know, it happens. Is this where you talk about the fucking your war wounds that come out with a band aid? Is this, is one going to be one of those? No, that was not a. Uh, that was a. Uh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Relatively, I will say the most beat up I ever got was just last year when I went to go see Down. Or was it last year or two years ago? Now, two years ago. I don't remember when that. What year is it? Oh no, I forgot what year it is. I'm old. <laughs> this one or a previous one? Because we can start at 2014 and work backwards. 2012, when I went to go see Down, I got the most bruised up ever. Wow. And I've been bruised up a lot, dude. Wow. I got pretty jacked up in a. It was a Slayer pit one time. I was doing pretty good. Then so I got clocked and went down and just got fucking trampled. I was. But it's my fault for just like covering oh, instead of getting up quick. I got stopped. That <laughs> oh. was fine. Just so I was like, ow, ow. Let my ass lay back to the car. I've really uh, managed to stay out of really violent pits somehow. Um, but the one I was closest to, and uh, actually the casualty was not to me, but it was to my friend who was uh, you know, a really awesome guy, but it was just sort of a bummer it happened to him, was at uh, Ozfest. I think 99, and so it was, uh, uh, I went there to see Primus, because it was the anti-pop tour, and uh, after Primus, it was the Deftones, it was Slayer, 
Um, Godsmack actually went on right before Primus. And then uh, when the sun went down, it was Rob Zombie and Black Sabbath. And uh, yeah, so um, it was very hot. Again, at the same amphitheater in Pittsburgh I've been talking about the whole whole time. Um, but in the middle of July, it was really, really hot. You know, everyone was just burning up. And by the time Rob Zombie went on, people were taking off their clothes, putting them in big piles all across the lawn, and lighting them on fire. Oh. And so there were these big fires. Like, you could look out across this whole lawn. It was like, like 15, 20,000 people in this amphitheater. And fires. And, it you know, it was bad enough that it would be these enormous things were going on. But people were just jumping through them. Like they were, it, it was like a, a, a like a limbo sort of you know thing. Like <laughs> everyone's doing the limbo. Well, no, everyone's doing the fire jump. You know, during Rob Zombie, <laughs> and uh, it was a spiritual experience. It was insane. But uh, my poor friend, my poor friend decided. Uh, you know, he's he's like, I don't know, buck fifty dripping wet, and um, he decides that uh, he's going into the pit um, during Zombie. Um, and, uh, he got tossed around an awful lot. And so, you know, we brought him out and he, he seemed to be okay. And then, uh, of course, after the end of the show, he's like, okay, we're all going to drive home and whatever. He had lost his keys, uh, as a result of being beat up in the pit. You know, there's oh. somewhere in this whole weird lawn somewhere where uh, he was being tossed around for a long time. So, uh, we were all there with him and very, you know, still feeling the effects of whatever we had drank and whatever else, you know, during the whole day and just sort of bummed out at like 4 30 in the morning you know waiting for somebody to unlock his car oh my god oh yeah yeah but that was Ozfest, my poor friend but um <laughs> yeah yeah but still that was another good one man i uh the only uh thing i didn't enjoy i think was godsmack uh slayer was pretty good that's the only time i've seen them that was on uh i forget what tour back in 99 but uh primus sounded really good and um that was the Band first time Band I've never seen. There's my band I've never seen. Primus? Primus. Never have. Oh, my God. I've seen them like I own, 20 times, dude. <laughs> I, own, awesome. I live in their backyard, and I own every album, yet yeah. I've managed to never have seen them. And I wish I had. I'd love them. You could walk to Les's house. I probably could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, a lot of great shows. I, I'm sure we could keep going here, especially me, because I've seen so many good ones and have so many... Great stories, and I uh, just don't well, want to take over things. But uh, you mentioned one thing I want to talk about, though. Yes. What What is it about, like, uh, girls taking off their clothes at shows in New Jersey? Like, never happens. Never ever. Okay. Hmm. New York sometimes, well, not often. Pennsylvania sometimes. Florida. I saw fucking Ozfest in Florida, and it was like tits everywhere. Hmm. Everywhere. What is it about the South that makes tits come out? Is it because it's warmer? <laughs> somebody answer me. Uh, you know, I can't say I've ever seen it. Not, uh, not show you guys. I mean, if, if somebody yeah. in the South yeah. could write in, I mean, if you guys don't have an answer, I don't know what it is. But uh, I, I, in New Jersey, I'm pretty sure it's because you get fucking kicked out these days because we live in a police state in New Jersey. Um, but I don't know what it is, man. I don't know, and I've been to a lot of shows down south, and it's been ridiculous sometimes. Wow. I know well, uh, we really try to uh, get that to happen up here in uh, Pennsylvania yeah. because uh, I go to a lot. You know, a lot of the bigger shows that happen, especially in Pittsburgh, there are a lot of jock guys that show up, and they have these big signs. They're like, "Show us your tits," 
you know, and they just stand there. You know, as girls come, every girl that passes them, they they put up this sign and everything. And uh, so they try really hard, but uh, as far oh. as the whole voluntary thing, you know, during the show, that's... Well, the problem, Nick, is the easiest way to get girls to take their tops off at a show is to pull a camera out. And you just can't take, like, a, a, like <laughs> the old days, you could take a video camera and pull it out. Women would come over to pull their shirt up. Uh, but with copyright infringement and, you know, no live taping, it's really <laughs> tough nowadays because everybody's got a phone out. Um, yeah, we used to see it a lot, too. Always girls taking their tops off. And listeners, if you have, like, a magic piccolo that I can blow to get teens to take their top off, go ahead and just send it into the uh, P.O. box. <laughs> And Ocarina. And I'll, and I'll test it and send it to Nick once it's been certified. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I go to so few shows nowadays, I, I couldn't tell you if, it, if it's just kids today or, or what. But there was a lot of toplessness at shows when I was going. A lot. I wonder if culturally we've all moved beyond that now because of the internet, you know? We don't go to shows and think, hey, we need boobs. Because, like, you could literally take out your phone and look at boobs. It's true. Right. right. I don't know. That's that's a good point. I mean, back when I started going to concerts, uh, you know, AOL was something that was brand new and, and we didn't have that outlet, you know, so maybe that was part of that, you know, parents aren't here. Everybody's got some beer in them kind of culture. Um, I think it has changed quite a bit. Yeah. You know, every. Yeah. It, I think that's probably it. Like I, I see people just also... loaded. Everybody's high, you know, and it doesn't <laughs> seem to be. It doesn't seem to be part of the forbidden fruit anymore. So right, because yeah, it was may... even like even the shows I'm talking about that I saw in Florida were like almost a decade ago, maybe even more. And uh, so maybe maybe that maybe it's a cultural sea change. Maybe and this might sound stupid when you first hear it, but do you think that metal fans um, have a different mindset? towards even like their female co-fans of bands uh than like dumb meathead jock guys would oh sure i mean do you think that maybe it's a respect thing because like i mean you know even like with pit etiquette and stuff uh you'll have you'll there'll always be like that one asshole guy who's gonna try and elbow a girl in the face <laughs> and then probably get his ass kicked uh i had a i, I mean I, i'm even like remembering the bunch of guys that i've had to like you know, pull off of girls and stuff like that. It shows. Um, but I think you see a lot more of that type of behavior pulling, you know, protecting a girl at a show. Um, at least me personally, from what I've seen, than people going after girls at a show. Right. Well, pit etiquette. When I was going to shows as a teen, there was no etiquette. Girls didn't get in the pit. It was just that simple. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's the dynamic. I see videos now where girls yeah. are in the pit and they're like running around. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you're going to get stopped. Right. So yeah, it, you, it has changed a lot. Well, you know what is funny, too, is like you'll talk to girls sometime who think that they're so hardcore because they went into a mosh pit. And it's like, dude, you went into the mosh pit and everyone else tactically avoided you. That's why it was not a problem <laughs> right. for you. No what's, that, what's that what's that meme what's that mosh pit girl who looks like she's some kind of ogre remember I that i love that yes <laughs> <laughs> she might do all right she had hammer I, fists that's, that's my wallpaper in windows i will google this right now <laughs> oh my god it's <laughs> great oh. oh wow wow Oh, well, uh, everybody listening right now, we would also like to hear about your concert experiences. Uh, what was your first concert? Uh, are you embarrassed enough to not tell us truthfully uh, what, what your first show was? Uh, but uh, what is your favorite metal show, man? What really, really got you? So 
think that'd be uh, great to hear from people listening right now. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, again, I could keep going and going and going because uh, really, to me, uh, you know, live shows are so much better than uh, anything else. You know, the whole experience and the, the stage show and the lights and maybe pyrotechnics and everything. Anything, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, so much better, so much better, so much more expensive, but at the same time, uh, get what you pay for, man. And, uh, yeah, probably do that. So, uh, but guys, thank you again for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, of course, we're at devilhorns.org, and all our contact information is there, so you guys can tell us about all your crazy concert antics. And uh, what would you gentlemen like to add here before we close things out for the night? Nick? Anything crazy? Uh, I I once got a uh, spin kicked in the face at a Meshuggah. Yes, I'm just saying, and it, it left a boot print on the side of my head. <laughs> uh, that's my uh, ridiculous, um, possibly exaggerated story. So mm. metal. Damn. Um, I'll add that I once a uh, spin kicked a motherfucker to Meshuggah show in the face. It was standing a little too close for my own comfort. <laughs> Dude, the guy, he looked like R-Truth, the wrestler. Like, he, he had no shirt on. He's the one black dude there, and he's doing, like, spin kicks and stuff in the pit, and nobody else is going in because of this, and also he's built. And then he just, like, goes off into the crowd spin kicking. Boom. Right in the face. I was okay. It was a scratch. <laughs> there was seriously a black mark on the side of my face from his boot, though. That was oh, because he. Oh, I was like, because he's black, you racist, you Jersey. <laughs> oh, yes, I had it all uh, wrong. No, <laughs> I can't. No, you know why no one went in the pit because he was a giant black guy that was buff, spin kicking. Not a white <laughs> kid any fucking further west than Nevada coming near his ass. Exactly. Oh man, K- kids have seen Kimbo Slice. They're not stupid. So what? <laughs> what would I add? Oh. Please forgive the fact that my best show was a classical music show. Um, I do love classical music. I do love the symphony. I do love uh, philharmonic music, but that's for other reasons. I just think it's very deep. Um, I still like to think I'm all metal, even if I have to wear a dress. Boo. Whatever. (laughs) But I do want to hear people's best show. Uh, And I I would like to hear, am am I just sadistic? I want to hear the worst show, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or, or maybe not the worst show, because we all saw bands that were coming up that maybe at a club had shitty equipment, no sound check. Who was the who was the, sh- the band? Who was the show that has the money, has the equipment, had the sound check, has the catalog and the experience should have given you a great show where you went, what the fuck was that all about? I kind of want to know. Wow. I want to compare notes. I love it. Whole another show. Thank you, Mike. Scott Wayland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear that, but, uh, oh, man, man. It's been a good time, so let's call it a night, guys. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Devil Horns. Join us at devilhorns.org. <laughs>